Today in the fabulous 413, we'll take you on a tour of the Springfield-based Mi Tierra Tortilla Factory to show you how the tortillas get made with corn from Hadley. Then a preview of the Back Porch Music Festival taking over downtown Northampton this weekend and how the festival has partnered with the city of Northampton to keep live music flourishing in Hamp. And I will face one of my greatest fears, extreme cold. Will I take a polar plunge with Northampton City Councilors, a famous author, and some local rock stars? As I continue to say, better you than me. Plus, we want to hear what you did to make the most of this snow day. Email fab413 at nepm.org or text us because we live in the future. 800-639-9120. We got texting up and running. I know. 800-639-9120. I'm Monty Belmonte. I'm Clee Smith, and this is the Fabulous 413. What inspired me about Mi Tierra was, at first, was the restaurant. We ate there a lot. We lived in Hadley. We'd mm-hmm. get done working at the farm, and we'd go and have dinner. And I will uh, say that when we said we were coming to Mi Tierra, Jill Kaufman said, bring back a margarita. Right. And I said, first of all, we're going to the tortilla factory. We're not going to the restaurant. <laughs> I love a good tortilla, and you couldn't get one in New England at the time. But that was really just part of the motivation. The other part was just as a farmer who's been involved in promoting local farming for so many years, look around and you realize, well, the vegetable scene's pretty well covered and the meat is coming along okay. But if we're really going to feed a lot of people, there's got to be some carbs and some grains that we eat. And unfortunately, you can't really grow wheat in New England too well. Looking around, if we were really going to shift the amount of local food people eat here locally and increase the amount of grains that people eat, great way to do that is through a fresh tortilla. There's nothing better than a fresh tortilla. One of the things I loved to do in my previous radio life was to talk to farmers and people up and down the valley and beyond about local agriculture. And one of the organizations that helps to bolster the local agricultural community is CESA, Community Involved in Sustaining Agriculture. I now, as an employee of New England Public Media, have to fully disclose that CESA is an underwriter of New England Public Media. That is not why we're talking to them. We're talking to them because they're really good at amplifying the message of local farms and farm businesses. And the executive director of CESA is my friend, Phil Corman. Hello, Phil. Hi. So great to be with you as we switch on the bandwidth a little bit. Yeah, but we're still going to keep talking to all these local heroes. And CESA, for those who don't know, are the local hero folks. You may see that little yellow sticker on all sorts of different products, including the product that we are, well, first of all, I want to say, it was my dream when I pitched an idea to New England Public Media of a show. It was like Mr. Rogers for grown-ups. Have you by any chance lost your kitty? And so Mr. Rogers would go to like the crayon factory and you'd learn how crayons got made. The saxophone one. The saxophone one, the Yo-Yo Ma one. Yo-Yo Ma. The Eric Carl one. He went to Eric Carl's studio on Main Street in Northampton. I remember watching that as a kid. And we are at a factory in Springfield. Where are we, Phil? We are at Mi Tierra Tortillas in Springfield, right? across from the high school actually and we are with the owners my name is Jorge Sosa and what's your name Michael Doctor Michael Doctor is a farmer that many people have known for many years I called you farmer emeritus because you've retired your winter moon farm but you're still involved in the agro business with Mitiera. and Jorge you and your wife own the restaurant that often people are talking about when they say Mitiera right there on Route 9 in Hadley. Yes, uh, we we started our business, you know, in 2004, you know. Your business, which was making great food, experienced a tragedy. Yes, fortunately we lost uh, the restaurant 
because of fire. When was that, 2014? 2013. But out of sort of that experience, you know, like a phoenix from the flame, as it were, came a new business enterprise. Tell us about what we're doing and what you make here in Springfield. The restaurant, you know, we have an idea of what, having some real tortillas made with real corn. And, you know, even before the fire, we started talking to Michael and he, you know, he was helping us to contact farmers. And when the fire happened and we lost everything, you know, Michael jumped and, and said, okay, well, let's do some a partnership. And it, it just worked perfect, you know, uh, because honestly, for some people, it's crazy that something that simple, you know, can, can be that good. You know, only Michael trusts me and he said, okay, well, I'm going to do everything and we're going to make this happen. And here we are, you know. And tortillas, I don't want to cast aspersions to flour tortillas, but tortillas really are corn. They should be corn. Flour tortillas are garbage. Well, you know. They're garbage. I'm not going to yuck your yum, but you should definitely favor the corn tortillas. I'm glad she said that, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I have strong opinions. That's what I miss most from Mexico. You know, not I don't think nothing is better than a fresh tortilla coming out of the comal. What's a comal for people who don't know? Uh, it's, it's like a griddle. I think, you know, our tortillas is the closest thing that you're going to get like to a fresh tortilla out of the comal, you know. A lot of people don't understand, but, you know, when you come here to the States and they want to have a tortilla, the first thing when you open a bag of tortillas is the, the smell of chemicals and it doesn't it doesn't taste like corn and i never liked that never accept that and that, that was my dream to make tortillas out of real corn and here we are and this is real corn from mostly from hadley right yes it is right now we're using corn from uh, joseph Halski's corn and um from uh, mike warner at uh, warner farm from the maze i went through the movie maze this past fall and now i'm going to eat the movie maze maze <laughs> In tortilla form, oh, I shortly. Oh, what you did there. Yeah, that's, I make that joke every year. Good job. And Phil, you had a really interesting perspective uh, from like sort of Cisa's bird's eye view of this and why this was in the first segment you wanted to, to do with us here on our new show. It just seemed obvious to me that we need to be connecting more parts of the Connecticut River Valley, and that's urban and rural, and that's different cultures. And here we are in urban Springfield with a product that's being made from uh, farms or farms really only 20 miles away and yet it seems many, many moons away. The idea that we're able to crisscross with stories like this across cultures, across lands that are so close, the very act of growing this corn, going through the corn maze, and then being able to eat the product <laughs> means that uh, many of us have touched it in beautiful ways. Kids have touched it in less beautiful ways. If you talk to the people who make Mike's Maze, they take those corn kernels and stuff them in all the games and all the worst places. That just means less tortilla for you in the future. <laughs> Kids, leave the corn alone and let it come here to Mitierra in Springfield where we're with Jorge and Michael and Phil and Calice. This is a remarkably delicious but simple recipe to make these tortilla, right? Can you tell us about what this process entails? A good tortilla, you know, like in Mexico, we only have corn, water, and lime. That's we're not talking lime that grows on a tree and it's green, though. No, no, we, uh, we're calling calo. What's, what's it? Lime, crushed limestone, Cr basically. Crushed limestone, yeah. That's basically all we need. And there is no preservatives, no softener, no any other artificial flavor or anything. That's what it make a real tortilla, you know. It might be surprising to some people that limestone is one of the ingredients. Why is it an important part of these tortillas and tortillas in, in general from Mexico? The way that uh, Aztecs and Amayans, you know, domesticate the corn, you know, they find out that, you know, with the limestone and they also use uh, ashes, you know, dissolve the skin of the corn and release the nutrients. Uh, if you eat the corn the way it is, you know, your body do doesn't absorb the nutrients.
nutrients of the corn. So that's why, you know, when uh, Spain, you know, came and conquered Mexico and they started eating corn and they couldn't survive because they get sick because they keep eating corn, but they couldn't uh, get the nutrients that their body needs. And until they saw the, the Indians, you know, how they're uh, processing the, the corn, you know, with the limestone. The lime is alkaline, basically, and so it, it soaks in this big tank of water and corn, and then that burns off the outer, just the very outer layer of the corn, and then it, it releases the nutrients, and then everything gets washed away. All that lime gets washed away through a washing process. Mm. So it's we say it's a trace of lime, basically. Mm-hmm. So Don't call it a hint of lime, because then again, that would be confusing. Yeah. It's such a simple recipe, but anybody who's ever actually tried to make tortillas at home, it's not simple. No. Nixtamize is the word that you're using, and that means the... Nixtamal. Yeah, yeah, that's the process of cooking it in lime and water and grinding it up wet. What's the first step in the process? We saw these giant silos on the way in out that were out. We could see things pouring from the silos out there. That is that where the corn is? Yes. So there's a tube coming out of the wall with a hose on it, and then there's those silos that are right outside the wall. It's like a fabulous popcorn machine. Now you're filling up the tank over here with with hot water. We've got about six or seven bags getting ready to go into that vat. Yeah, and I think the whole bake is going to be something like 700 pounds of organic and 300 pounds of conventional corn that we're cooking today. So very shortly going to start dumping it into the hot water vats. Do you have a shower installed in here? Uh, not, I would no. like to take one. You're not a bath guy? I would do a bath. How about a corn bath guy? I'd try it, but again, that wouldn't be very sanitary. But that would put the me in mi tierra. What's your favorite thing to make with these tortillas? For a real Mexican, you know, we eat tortillas in everything. It's just like bread, you know, like, you know when it's a good tortilla, you know? There goes one bag of corn. For editing purposes, that happens seven times. Now Antonia has a paddle that looks like you would row a boat with, mixing it all up. So then this sits here for how long? So sit overnight and they'll come in around six in the morning and it'll get drained and pumped into the next room and washed and then uh, gets ground and then formed and baked. I might have to come back tomorrow to see how the tortilla oh, yeah. actually gets made. Yeah, sit gotta, right gotta, down the street. You gotta taste a fresh one. And that's the other thing too. These have a shorter shelf life than your tortillas, hard shell tortillas made in New York City. New York City! Yeah, that's owing to the fact that if you look at the ingredient list on most tortillas in the supermarket, they have three paragraphs worth of junk in them. Yeah. And so they are shelf stable. If you look at them in the supermarket, they're sitting on the shelf. They're not in the cooler and uh, they're gonna last for months. And the other thing I'm imagining is sometimes you get corn tortillas from a store or even from a restaurant and you might think they're gluten-free because they're corn, but they're often mixed with some wheat flour. Are these gluten-free if you have gluten Uh, problems? Corn is inherently gluten-free. Yeah. So it has- Not all corn tortillas are, so watch yourself, but these corn tortillas are safe. Yeah, they've got nothing in them but, but corn. Through the miracle of digital editing, we've come back on the tortilla making day. How's it going? What's your name? Eduardo. You're going to run the machine that pumps it out of the vats where they're soaking. So it gets sucked up this giant hose out of the tanks, which are in this room. It's like a creepy snake. It's the Shai Halud from Dune in there, it looks like. Here's the mind killer. That's the pump that uh, pushes it up, sucks it out. It, it, it looks like those uh, over at Kids Sport when they used to have the kids running through those tubes. Oh, yeah, right. Little corn kids. <laughs>
So it's getting pumped into this other room over here. Comes out down here, and is this where it gets in, turned into mash? Yeah. She's gonna take that masa, run it through the mixer, and, and get it to exactly the consistency that she determines is the right cons magic consistency. So, Khalees, you're playing with the dough. Yeah. Ask Antonio what it feels like when it's when the dough's right. So she gave me a small piece to play with, and it's kind of like Play-Doh, yeah. like a little bit softer. You can also eat this just like you can eat Play-Doh, but this will probably be better for you. Yes, much <laughs> better. Slightly. <laughs> and, and a little less salty. <laughs> I love the saltiness of Play-Doh. Oh no. Here they go. There's the masa block right up there with a roller. It rolls it down into a cutter. It rolls along the conveyor belt where it gets cooked, immediately pulled out of the oven, popped into bag. Michael Doctor, you're gonna snatch tortilla for each of us right out of the oven as fast as like fresh as a tortilla could possibly get okay police gets to go first the best so corny in the best way not in the corny you know so delicious if you know how to heat, heat the tortilla properly you know it's gonna just taste as good you know when you bring it home you know how do you do it when you bring it home yeah well you know usually you know like you got to make sure the griddle is, is uh, really hot so sometimes you, you can spring like you know a couple drops of water to don't lose the moisture you heat up two tortillas at the time on top of each other? Well, on top of it, so uh -huh. it doesn't evaporate the, the moisture of the right. tortilla. It just tastes as good as that one. Can't wait to try that at home. On your cast iron, not on your nonstick. It doesn't get hot enough. Thank you. Cast iron. Cast iron. Or steel. Or steel. steel. Yeah. How many tortilla do you hope to have pumped out of here by the end of the day today? And now the calculator. The, uh, the 100 cases, 120 cases, multiplied by 20, 24 dozens. By 12. 24 times 24 times 12. Yeah. You do the math at home. That's where we have a record scratch and somebody comes in with the actual total. Yeah. 34,560. Freshness is really the key to it all. We, we try to have all the tortillas that are coming out of here in the store by the next day. Mm. And so, in fact, River Valley Market on Tuesdays and Thursdays after 2 p.m. get their tortillas that came out of the oven a few hours earlier every week. Wow. And Note to self. Both locations. <laughs> so if you want a truly fresh Taco Tuesday or Taco Thursday, that's how to do it. Pro tip. And where else, if you don't make it to River Valley, can one find the corn tortillas? Uh, Cushman's Corner and um, Atkins Farm and several restaurants. Um, if you get the brisket special at Buena Isano, they use our tortillas for that. Cooper's Corner, State Street has them. Greenfield Co-op, Putney Co-op, Brattleboro Co-op, Keene, Monadnock Co-op. Anywhere in Springfield we can get? Uh, yes. The International Food Zone. Oh. In, on Tuesday, you can get a warm tortilla there, too. That's good <laughs> to know. Person lives up the and the tortillas are being used in the Springfield Public Schools, and they're buying a lot of tortillas. Wow, that is amazing. And they're getting uh, really good quality food. We actually give them the organic tortillas at the conventional price just because we want to try to get some good food out there. The school's right across the street, so maybe they're making tacos today. <laughs> you know, when I hear something really cool, the ladies at uh, the line, um, they, they were told, telling me the other day that uh, their, uh, her daughter, you know, got to the Springfield Public Schools, you know, they live in here in Springfield, you know, so they get served tortillas that 
Herman makes here. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, the thing is, uh, you know, like, they're trying to get good ingredients, good food, you know, and get, you know, local companies, you know, and they, that's where they're buying from. And it's pretty cool that when they, she told me, okay, my, my daughter was really excited about a school, you know, serving our tortillas, you know, tortillas that I'm making and they know that they're good and they, they love them. And, uh, and culturally appropriate food, too, yeah. is also really important. The diversity, you know, because most of the time it's just, it was just to be just a, a hot dog or cheeseburgers or... Yeah. What a great way to start learning about another culture. Yeah. So Jorge, your wife is most of the time at Mi Tierra, the restaurant, yeah. on Route 9 and Hattie, right? Yes. Um, next time Jill Kaufman from New England Public Media comes in, have her put a margarita on my tab. Okay. Do you just have tabs at restaurants? Is no, that a thing but you I'm going to start one. I'm going to start one. Thanks to Mitiera and to CISA, conversations with people in our local agricultural community is going to be a weekly part of this show. Coming up, a preview of this weekend's Back Porch Music Festival taking over downtown Northampton. We'll talk to the festival founder, Jim Olson. Plus, we want to hear what you did to make the most of this snow day. Email the fab 413 at nepm.org or text us, because again, we live in the future now. 800-639-9120. That's 800-639-9120. You're listening to the fabulous 413. Oh. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Northampton, the Back Porch Festival will take over eight venues in downtown Northampton for the first time ever in the history of this festival and the man behind the Back Porch Festival, the Back Porch Radio Program, the Green River Festival, and Signature Sounds, as well as the founder of the Parlor Room in Northampton is Jim Olson, who joins us in the studio today. Thanks for coming and visiting us in our new digs, Jim Olson. Yes, good afternoon, you two. It is uh, really nice to be here. It's really strange to be here and seeing you in this this new environment. Yeah. I know there's so much light here. That's right. It's true. So much light that people on the radio can see. Radio waves are light. They're just invisible light. But full disclosure, I've worked for 20 years at WRSI in Northampton, where you were the spiritual guru of the musical playlist of that radio station for the longest time. And out of that radio station grew what has become one of the premier summer musical events in Western Massachusetts, which is the Green River Festival. Tell us, before we launch into this festival, a little bit of your radio history. Started radio in college and uh, landed at WRSI, which at the time was in Greenfield in 1984. And uh, shortly thereafter, we decided to throw a birthday party for the radio station in 1986 with NRBQ and 10,000 Maniacs. That event sort of morphed into eventually the Green River Festival. First, it was a hot air balloon festival with a little bit of music, and then it became a music festival. And uh, my company, Signature Sounds, took it over in 2013. And we talked about Ann Hamilton, former head of the Greenfield Chamber of Commerce, and who passed away just a couple weeks ago. It was the first thing I did for NEPM, a, a posthumous look at her life and legacy. And that was a big part of keeping the Green River Festival going, the chamber there for a while. That's right. It was, it was actually her idea, and she was the originator and uh, for many years at the helm of the festival. And I booked the bands, and uh, it was sort of a volunteer committee of people. And uh, kind of had the slowest growth curve of any event in history. I mean, it used to be like a couple bands on a flatbed truck. <laughs> maybe people showed up, maybe not, depending on the weather. And uh, slowly over the years, it's grown into uh, kind of a bigger deal. What I love about um, what you've meant to the musical scene in the Valley is that, you know, you came to WRSI. You, a lot of what WRSI still plays has a lot to do with uh, the kind of avenue that we went down, Americana, Roots Rock, and Green River Festival grows out of that, as well as Signature Sounds Records, which didn't exist until after your time at WRSI. Yeah. Well, you know, my time at WRSI continues to go on because of the Back Porch 
program. Right. But yeah, I, I left uh, as program director in 1996 to do Signature Sounds, to start the label. And some amazing acts have come out of that record label uh, or started there and gone on to other uh, record labels as well, from Josh Ritter and Lake Street Dive. Lori McKenna, yeah. Crooked Still, Allison Russell. Suitcase Junket and the kids. Yeah. You know, we're not supposed to do lists of things, but, <laughs> but like, those it's are an all important list. And they're all important to us personally and as well as to the musical scene of the Valley. And now the most recent outgrowth of your time at WRSI The River is based on the name of your show, which still airs Sunday mornings from 9 to noon. The Back Porch Radio Show is now the Back Porch Music Festival. How long has that been going on? Uh, this is the eighth year. Mm-hmm. started in 2014 as a one-day thing at the Academy of Music with just three bands. While we call it a festival, it's really just a series of ticketed shows to this point. Mm-hmm. This is our first. This year is our first foray into an actual festival format. It feels like an Austin City Limits for Northampton in some ways, which for, is a sprawling festival that goes over the entire city of Austin, Texas, with bands in a bunch of different locations. And that's what's going to happen for the first time this weekend. You've teamed up with the Northampton Arts Council, which is an arm of city government, really. It's the arts arm of Northampton. Tell me about how that came about. Steve Sanderson, who's one of the uh, the principal members of the Arts Council. And who I'm rooting for to take over my morning show on the river. I'm rooting for him, too. <laughs> uh, um, Steve and I have been talking for years. Back in the, in the 1990s, there used to be a festival in Northampton called the Loud Music Festival, mm. which truly was sort of like a South by Southwest style. Mm-hmm. Bands coming in from around the country, more sort of indie rock focused that would come for the course of a weekend. There would be some panel discussions and that sort of thing. And so it was like a little music conference that happened sort of early to mid 90s. And uh, for whatever reason, it stopped happening. I actually don't recall exactly why it ceased. And Steve and I have been talking for years about bringing back some sort of similar event in Northampton. And so uh, we just hooked upon this idea of taking the Back Porch Festival and, and using a similar format. You know, you, you buy a, a weekend pass, you get a button, and that allows you entrance into all the different venues. So rather than buying a ticket to a show and seeing a very scripted performance, you uh, buy a button and you can go to one of, see one of 50 bands that will be in Northampton throughout the weekend. So We're speaking with Jim Olson, who is from the Back Porch Radio Show on WRSI, full disclosure, our alma mater, I guess, if you want to call it that, (laughs) Uh, and who is part of the Back Porch Music Festival, which will take over eight venues in downtown Northampton this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. One of the things I've loved about the lineup for the Back Porch Festival is the combination of larger acts, like really cool larger acts, but also a really good foundation of just fantastic local folks who are doing really great Americana. And one of the cool things I think about this year, especially, is that it's starting with the John Prine tribute. Give people a little taste of the lineup of who's a part of it because it's so good. Well, you know, the John, this is the the fourth year we've done an artist tribute as part of the Back Porch Festival. Last year it was Dolly Parton. We've done Doc Watson. We've done Towns Van Zant. It's the chance to sort of explore other music and leave your little career behind for a while and, and do something new and very collaborative. These, these uh, tribute shows uh, are very collaborative. For those who don't know who John Prine is, why is John Prine a perfect artist to hold a tribute to at the Back Porch Fest? Well, we talk about the world of Americana or alt country. You know, John Prine came along in 1971. Uh, he was a veteran. He was uh, a former mailman, said he would write songs along his mail route. 
And he just wrote these incredible personal songs that sort of bridged the gap between country and folk and uh, was so revered by fellow artists. John Prine never had a hit, never had a hit record. Um, it took him years and years to get a Grammy. However, his songs got covered by all kinds of people. That unknown blues artist, Bonnie Raitt, oh, yeah. uh, who won a Grammy the other That's day, right. uh, covered Angel from Montgomery, which she made a, a hit of her own in some regards. Yeah. And, you know, John Prine came along at sort of the height of the 60s sort of psychedelic rock movement, and he was writing these songs that were so out of time for that, that particular era, you know, writing about elderly people or what happened to Vietnam vets and, you know, just with a, a beautiful empathy about his writing. And, and the songs have held up. Here it is 50 years later, and those songs have really become bedrock of American music. We've got a great group of local artists who, local and, and uh, some of them are touring artists, but uh, some of them local heroes as well. Um, we have a great house band called the Deep River Ramblers, which is uh, Jim Henry, Chris Brashear, Paul Kohansky, and J.J. O'Connell. And they sort of anchor the whole thing. And then uh, just a great group of artists that uh, are coming in, including Tracy Grammer and Chris Delmorse, Peter Mulvey. Peter Mulvey, who'll join us live in studio on Friday. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Lisa Bastoni, Billy Keen from uh, the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow. And we've got a couple guests that are coming that, that aren't on the list that will be something of a surprise. So. Ooh, surprises. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's worth noting, too, that in the early days of the pandemic, John Prine, this legendary but maybe underappreciated by the general public songwriter, passed away after catching contracting he, In COVID. many ways, I think he was one of the first famous people. He was certainly the first that I remember. Yeah. From COVID, yeah. Yeah. It was a you know, huge tragedy for the musical community, but his music lives on and his legacy will live on uh, this Friday to kick off the Back Porch Festival happening in downtown Northampton. Speaking with Jim Olson, the founder of the Back Porch Festival. I also think this is maybe the first year I've seen things that are more in that indie category. Like you've got the, Mal- the Claudia Malibu playing, Ray Mason's playing. It-, it seems like this might be the first year it's broadening. Is that because For of- sure. And, and part of it is the new format allows us to do that. And, and it's really exciting, although it's a bit of a logistical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The people who put on First Night, which is a logistical nightmare, and was only a month and a half ago, are, are putting this on as well. That's so, yeah. right. But it's, Once a season. It's Once. fun for a, a, a patron to go and be able to put Once. on a button and bounce all over the place. Once yeah. a season, you get to go and be a part of beautiful chaos. Who are you looking forward to seeing? So many. Um, one of the, the sort of groups that actually kind of came together to do this gig and a little tour are three uh, really great Texas singer-songwriters. Kelly Willis, who's been a, you know, a long-time Americana person who, who sort of has taken some time off. She hasn't been certainly touring much. Brennan Lee and Melissa Carper, and they're sort of forming this group kind of just for us. So That's great. It's going to be really fun. I want to tell you all a story about a Harper Valley widow ride. Looking forward to that quite a bit. Looking forward to Cedric Burnside, a wonderful kind of Delta bluesman who won a Grammy last year, is the grandson of R.L. Burnside and was in his band for a long time and is sort of carrying that torch of that sort of uh, really edgy Mississippi low country blues, basically, from that part of the world. Yeah, I love that sound. I feel like a bourbon broken wing. I can't fly back up in a tree. 
One thing I've loved about Sundays of the Back Porch Festival is that there's, during what would usually be your Back Porch show, it's kind of a quick, rapid-fire, like, run-through, a a pile of people that you either have seen over the course of the weekend or are going to see that afternoon. Are you still doing this? Yes. That, that, that's one of the highlights of the festival, I think. Do is... I still have to come push buttons for it? If you want to. No, I don't. I want to. Okay. <laughs> we'll be at that. Joan would be thrilled because I think right now she's pushing the buttons. So. <laughs> I want to push buttons. Hello, Joan Holiday. We've gone way off. The... Yeah. But who's coming to that? Uh, we have a great group of artists coming to that on Sunday morning. Basically, uh, Sunday morning from 9 to noon when the radio show usually airs. It has been at the Parlor Room in the past this year. It's going to be a Russian brewery. Oh, cool. A little bit larger space to work with. And uh, we have a great group of artists that'll be coming down. We'll have some of the artists from the Prine tribute doing some Prine songs in the morning. Uh, Session Americana will be part of that. Uh, the trio I mentioned earlier, Kelly Willis and Brendan Lee and Melissa Carper will be part of that. Willie Carlisle and a very special guest at the end that is not yet confirmed, but very likely. Back porch brunch sounds really awesome to me. Maybe you should go to this. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. It's a free, come on down. What but, are the other venues that people can go and check out music at this weekend? So it's a lot of uh, non-traditional venues. Uh, you know, Northampton, this is a whole other conversation, but Northampton has lost a number of venues. Has it? In the pandemic. You might have heard. I, I, I you might have shocked. talked to Jill Kaufman about that on the air on Friday. Shocked, I tell you, shocked. So we've had to be creative with, uh, with some of our venues. We will be using the Parlor Room, of course, which is, uh, you know, a natural for us. Also, uh, the Unitarian Society in downtown Northampton, which is a beautiful kind of church sanctuary sort of vibe. The Hotel Northampton Ballroom, we'll be taking that over, which will be a lot of fun. Progression Brewery, uh, Bishop's Lounge... We're even using little tiny Iconica. We're going to do a couple of oh, like acoustic things. I love things. that. It's like a tiny like cafe in the middle of uh, a parking lot behind Main Street, Northampton. It's a fun, quirky little place to go get coffee and now see music. Better get there early because it seats, I think, like 21 people. If that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Memorial Hall, which is um, a, a town building with this beautiful marble lobby that we're going to be doing some interesting things. And we have the the Fiddle Orchestra of Western Mass is going to play in there. And also we're going to do, uh, Tim Erickson's going to lead a big shape note singing, sing-along, sort of, I don't know, shout-along. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with <laughs> well, shape note singing. We're but hoping to have crazy. Tim Erickson on in the next couple of weeks as well. So we may experience that live in the studio as well. The drummer in my band, X Temper, is really into shape note singing. And so I think she might end up being a Shout, shout for glory. Shout, shout aloud for glory. For those who don't know, it's sort of old American atonal singing. But mm-hmm. well, we're going to hear it uh, in the next couple of weeks when Tim Erickson joins us with some shape note singers, I think, in the studio. Jim Olson from Signature Sounds Records, from the Green River Festival, from the Back Porch Radio Show on 93.9 The River, and the Back Porch Festival taking over downtown Northampton, eight venues this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have been hearing about the removal of a liquor license from Pearl Street, one of the iconic Northampton venues. The uh, the fate of the Iron Horse Entertainment Group is uh, potentially up in the air. Live music continues this weekend in Northampton, thanks in no small part to you and the people that you have convened to uh, to make this happen, along with the city of Northampton and the Northampton Arts Council. Northampton has always had a great music scene. It always will have a great music scene. We're, we're in a little strange transitional period, but I truly believe that it'll be back. And, and uh, you know, th- this, this change has also given us the chance to spread out a little bit in around the Music Valley with new venues, Bombex in Florence, the Drake in Amherst. It's, it, in many ways, it's been healthy that the music scene is now not just in one town. East Hampton's music scene is absolutely booming. It's a great thing for the Valley and, and for music lovers in general. Jim Olson, thanks so much for joining us. You bet.
That Dar Williams song is about that Jimmy Olsen, as well as another local radio legend, Johnny Memphis, whose band is part of the Back Porch Festival. Coming up, today is a snow day. Do anything interesting to make the most of it? Let us know at the Fab 413 at NEPM.org or text us at 800-639-9120. Monty has been invited to face his fears and attempt a polar plunge alongside some Hampshire County movers and shakers. We'll see if he's brave enough to actually jump in coming up in the fabulous 413. Everybody's here at, you know, on their own recognizance and doing their own thing. Some people like to jump right in and scream and have a great time. made me do it. And, and other people um, take their time and we're all different. Running straight in when it's this cold is not considered necessarily safe. It was fine in November, but now that it's this cold, there is a fair amount of evidence that that's not a safe thing to do. Okay. Um, so better to walk in. I think everyone's here for different reasons and we all get different things out of it. Um, some of us are trying to learn to love winter. Some of us are trying to fight off depression or anxiety. Some of us just are here because we're baller um, endurance athletes. Um, (laughs) And there's lots of reasons we're here. We become really intimate people together. We become really uh, stripping down and helping each other with clothes is significant. (laughs) Getting naked is always... It happens in the water, Monty. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those groups, huh? We have to leave our keys in a bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry, my husband went to a spoken word event because of you people. That was really special and unprecedented. I despise winter and I hate the cold, but this past season I've been seeing a weekly Facebook selfie posted with familiar and notable faces, all of whom are in various states of undress and about to jump into a lake. I reached out to this secret polar plunge posse to find out why on earth they would do this weekly, where I spoke first to the group's ice queen. I'm Shoshana, I'm from Northampton. Um, I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner and Oh, I just love these people more than I can say. Honestly, I really just wanted one or two people to do it with, and instead, it's a world. And every week, it's the double highlight of my week on Sundays and Wednesdays, and I look forward to it, and I dreamt about it last night. Uh Uh-huh. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you did, Monty. You're the instigator, right? You're the one started it all. But you're also a psychiatric nurse, so, like, are you seeing psychological benefits with this group of people here? Well, I don't know. I I think we're all kind of crazy to start with or we wouldn't be here. (laughs) Um, And we're all doing it for different reasons, but... I just, I love these people so much. Hi, Monty. It's Max from Florence. I play bass in a lot of local bands, including Winterpills. I started because I know, I've known Shoshana for 30-ish years, and I hate the cold. Me too. And so I thought this would be a way to acclimate to winter. I have found that it worked. I've hated the cold less, and I found these beautiful people that I like to see every week. Nice. They're my friends now. This is my third time this week. <laughs> this yeah, week. This week. Yeah, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it past November. Each week, it's like, I can think I can do it, but I still dread it. You dread it, though. Oh, That's yeah, the thing. I, I, have, I, have liter- I don't know if I've ever dreaded an interview more than this. <laughs> <laughs> and I have done interviews like skydiving. So, But you're saying, you're saying that there's a possibility I could get addicted and be doing it three times. There is oh, yeah. definitely that possibility. The key, the key is staying in long enough that the panic subsides. What's to worry about? But it's really true. When it's, time, when it's time to duck under, some of us hold hands with each other, and there is this moment of terror when you sometimes lose your breath for a moment, uh-huh. and you really have to try to deep breathe, pretend you're having a baby you know okay and I like being sort of a cold doula for people where you know people who are afraid to do the dunking like we we will hold hands and count I'm Jazz I live in Northampton 
Johnson. I work in the Smith College Music Department. So I started doing this partly because I had seen this viral clip of these like awesome old women in, I don't know, Finland, Norway, Sweden, doing this and just loving life. I was like, that's what I want. Mm. I just had to Google the phrase menopause rage the other day <laughs> because I have been experiencing that. And you know, like how to deal with menopause rage exercise regularly, balanced diet, mm. meditate. I'm like, fuck you! <laughs> this has helped, not just with the hot flashes, but with the rage. There's something about like going through a hot flash like, oh, I'm gonna dunk myself in a freezing cold lake soon. That's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified as well, but- Yet I... you come back week after week. Uh, yeah, I mean. If there's one thing that we've learned, I think the most important thing is that the joy of this is partly being afraid and like the song says, do it anyway, uh -huh. right? It's the same reason people run when they're tired and it's taking the hard thing and doing the hard thing over and over and over again. It's eating a frog for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Who was that, Twain that said that? Makes you feel like anything for the rest of the week you can do. Yeah. Because you did this one really hard thing. But there are supposed health benefits for this. There's a book all about like how people in Finland do this. Finland is like an overwhelmingly happy nation and a lot of it has to do with jumping in the water it might be when it's cold. It might be socialized healthcare. Though. Yeah, that's also, also a big factor. Um, I'm Natasha, I live in Florence. I um, am a realtor with Maple and Maine. I got grouped into this by my friend Jazz. I saw her pictures on Facebook like you did and I thought that looks really awesome. And I came once and it was freezing cold and windy and gray and awful. And since then I've been doing it two to three times a week. Nobody has said that they've like experienced a wonderful thing and came back because it was wonderful. It's yeah. always like, it was terrible and now I do it three times a week. It's the most peaceful experience. You know, you get through that panic and then it's just total peace and there's clarity and there's that drive for the rest of the week and this like badassery of, I can really kind of handle anything and I'm going to go back and do it again and again. Mary Carey, and I was the DA spokesperson <laughs> and a Gazette reporter before that. And I do it for the high. I just love it. I can't wait to get in and feel that high. Rachel Maori, I'm a city council. Yeah. In Northampton. I came here to make sure these fools don't get any bigger trouble. <laughs> I'm Elisa from Leeds. Your former city councilor in Northampton oh, and uh, also from Grow Food Northampton. I started doing it because I'm kind of a water baby. I love water in any condition. It does make me happy when I do it, but the happiness is from the cold and the challenge, but it's also from the um, intimacy and the group that we've created here that is so incredibly special. I'm Catherine. Uh, Catherine who? Catherine Newman. Uh, the acclaimed author from Amherst? <laughs> oh my God, Monty, really? And I'm here because Shoshana posted on Facebook and I, it seemed just like my kind of drug simulation experience that I'm basically looking for in every aspect of my life. I'm Michael, also from Amherst, and uh, I came to tag along with Catherine, but then, as usual, <laughs> found myself uh, loving it, and it really is thrilling. And, Going to uh, spoken word events now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a life changer. I'm Angela. I'm the marketing and development director for Chester Theatre Company, and uh, uh, the spoken word event people keep referring to is <laughs> a story that I did as part of Valley Voices, and I've done it a couple hey, times. Hey, that's an NEPM? Yeah! Uh, storytelling event! Exactly. Shameless plug. 
So it was a story about cold water swims with these folks. And I started doing it because I moved here six and a half years ago in the wake of a horrible divorce. And I wanted to expand my social circle. This has been magnificent. And um, I've achieved my goal of shocking my mother and also meeting a bunch of new people. Yeah, can't wait to tell my mother later today. Hey, Monty, I'm Kathy McNally from Northampton. And I like doing it, did this a little. And then Rachel told me about Shoshana's group and I asked to be part of it. And I just love it and can't figure out exactly what I love about it, but I do love it. I don't actually dread it. And because of this group, I went to my first rock concert in about a thousand years because of... Because of? Oh, hi. I'm Philip. I'm a musician. I'm also in Winter Pills with Max. What a bitter winter pill to swallow this is. I know, I get so many. A long time. It's triggered a lot of half-baked jokes. I basically, I answer to Shoshana's siren call for a lot of crazy stuff, and this this was one. Although, for me personally, I suffer from pretty bad winter depression stuff, and I thought this would be a way to to flip it off. That was another thing that made me interested in this because I can see on Facebook that you and I have very similar views on winter. Yeah. Where these days I mean, without summer, yeah. it's like it's terrible. And it's, so I was like, yeah. if Philip does it, there might be some there there. Yeah, although I have to say I'm a bit of an itinerant member of this group. I feel like I show up. I wouldn't say I'm a fair weather dunker because that doesn't make any sense at all. It's still winter no matter what. It's still what. winter. Yeah. It's always crappy. But anyway, I made sure I came today. Thank you. Because of you. <laughs> Also, I'm gonna, I get to test uh, how well this, um, this works against a, a pretty rough uh, wine hangover. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Same. Right. Hey, Monty. I'm Angie. I'm from Northampton. I would say I, I also came because of the grace of Shoshana, um, who used to be a neighbor of mine. But, I mean, you, you did. You helped kind of, like, initiate this. And I, I feel like I'm someone who actually enjoys the Atlantic Ocean, like, any time of year. So I was like, I think I could do that. I actually kind of crazily like it. So this was an attempt to really kind of see how this this all panned out it's just kind of been transformative in terms of being able to watch your own internal capacity to calm yourself I think I've I've tried to dabble in things like you know mindful breathing and things like, and it's, it's hard to do when you're like comfortable in your house or distracted by so many things but then when you're really like actually to survive this moment I must access my deep breathing capacity and get real still inside oh or this is gonna get bad so but you can do it and then and that's the whole thing with like being able to you know make eye contact with other people and just feel like we're all doing this and we're all going to be okay it's just been kind of amazing in that way yeah. it should be said because we've talked about this a bunch that the world is really 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 messed up yeah and yeah. this is a place where things feel like possible and that's everything right yeah yeah Yes. Yeah. One of the best things about this group is there's no shame to not showing up ever or to like getting in and getting out right away. Like some people stay in for like eight minutes and others get out in one minute, but it's all good. You know, it's like whatever you want to do and whatever you need to do is, is cool. Unless you're a pussy ah! and don't go in at all. And then <laughs> give me a f***ing break. Well, I guess I'm going in then. Yeah, sure <laughs> Will Monty face the freeze and brave the cold in a polar plunge? Find out coming up. And what did you do on this cold Western Mass snow day? Text us, 800-639-9120. 800-639-9120. You're listening to The Fabulous 413. When we last left Monty, he was on... 
who is standing on the shore, staring into the chilly depths of an undisclosed location, contemplating taking a frigid foray into the cold water alongside many Hampshire County notables, including Northampton City Councilors, an author, local rock stars, and more. Will Monty dunk himself in this polar plunge? Let's get in. <laughs> I can hear them going in. <laughs> it's, you can tell Catherine hasn't been here in a while. Oh my God! <laughs> Catherine Newman, first in, first out. Always. How was that? How was that? Awesome. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> you screamed real loud. It's really, really good. <laughs> oh God. Everybody's lying to me. Everyone's lying. I'll leave it. Sure it is. Okay, I'm leaving this right here and turning it up. We'll see what happens. Oh, my knees and it's cold. Oh Lord. When it gets to my junk is what I'm the most worried about. Yeah, that's I told you. Hold the junk. Can I get a photo? I don't know if you can hear this, but Monty's going in. He's got his hands up. His waist is in, if you know what I mean. It's all going great. Oh my god. Alright, I'm not the first out. Certainly not the last in. I don't know what to think yet. I feel like I didn't shiver at all when I was in there, and now I'm going to start, begin to shiver violently. Take off your thingies, and I won't look. There's nothing to look at right now. I was just in extremely cold water. Like it has it has rejected my body and it's burrowing into my abdomen at this point. Initial thoughts, it seemed like my brain shut off, which I guess you could consider as clarity. And Rachel Maori said, I believe that this is making us stupider and I don't disagree. Didn't you like I it? I did like it. I don't know what to think right now. I totally You'll feel see. like... You'll yeah. feel good all day. It's weird, but it'll you will. It'll be like you went for a long yeah. run. It'll and be like you exercised. Think you exercised and then I'll be like, oh no, I just went in the water. I'm numb. My fingers are numb. My chest turned red when I got out like I had a massive sunburn and my brain kind of shut off mm -hmm. when I was in the water and still feels like someone else is talking and using my body. But my brain is not <laughs> engaged in that in the moment. This is a very good description. And I think that turning off your mind is exactly what we're here for. You're coming back every week though, right? I don't know. I actually don't even feel that cold right now. It's not that cold of a day either. Yeah, no, it's pretty... Don't say that on the radio. You were all super tough. That's Shoshana Marshawn, Max Germer, Jazz Tupelo, Philip Price, Catherine Newman, Michael Milner, Natasha Yakovlev, Mary Carey, Rachel Maori, Elisa Klein, Angela Combest, Kathy McNally, Angie Gregory, and me, who took a polar plunge at a secure, undisclosed Hampshire County location. I can confirm that I sensed some clarity, and that as much as I dreaded it, I don't want to do it again, but I would. <laughs> We want to know what you did on this very cold, very snowy Western Mass snow day. Text us at 800-639-9120, you brave, brave person. Actually, all of the people who have gone and done that seem very brave to me because I have 
my asthma sometimes cold triggers, so I'm not willing to risk it. <laughs> I wouldn't. My lungs will seize. Yeah. And it would be terrible. <laughs> that would be terrible. So you must know thyself first and foremost, Fair which enough. is the most important thing. And like I said, I, I would do it again, but I don't want to do it again. And I did dread that. I literally for days and days tried to think of a good excuse to get out of it. But it was morbidly fascinating for me to see all these people that I know, many of whom had major connections to the Northampton area, doing this weekly and loving it, sort of. And my wife was reading that book about those Finnish people who are you know, using this as therapy and how good it is for mental health. I'll say that later in the day, is uh, we went on a trip to Boston uh, to observe Boston Public Radio. Shameless plug to our WGBH uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, I didn't – it wasn't like all the things that they said were going to happen. I didn't right. feel like I exercised. I didn't feel invigorated or anything along those lines. But maybe it just – I wasn't in long enough. Maybe you got to do it three times a week like Max Germer to make or it work. Or maybe it's just like that brief blip where you get like clear for a second and then you get back into like the regular thing. Uh, the finish – thing that I like is the opposite direction when you go in the sauna for a really long period of time and then you come out and you snowbathe after. Mm-hmm. Like that one I like. I will take hot over cold anytime. Plus like if you get the snow afterwards you're kind of bringing your temperature back down so it's something that like it re-regulates you in the same thing but I do get that like kind of like heat clarity from doing it that way. Sean Barry the owner of Four Seasons Wine and Liquors in Hadley who helps us on the march for the food bank this 43-mile-long, ridiculous publicity stunt fundraiser. After each day of the march, dumps pounds of ice into a bathtub and soaks. And he swears that it's the I way mean, that he keeps his muscles in shape for doing that sort of thing. It's good for Like having sprained ankles due to dance, I can attest to the fact that that's a good thing to do. I just don't enjoy doing it. Well, I hope you did enjoy your snow day. We didn't get any texts, but look, we're a brand new show and we're not going to give up on you. We want to interact with you. You can text us or call us at 800 639 9120, or you can email us anytime at thefab413 at nepm.org. Tomorrow on the show, to kick off Women's History Month, we've got a look at Florence-based abolitionist uh, Lydia Mariah Child with author Lydia Mullen. She'll be at the Odyssey Bookshop coming up in a couple days, and you might have heard about Lydia Mariah Child when we were chatting at the Ruggles Center in our uh, segment earlier show. Back Porch Music Festival performer Sonny War, who I'm more than a little obsessed with, and hopefully that doesn't come through tomorrow when you hear me chat with her. She's coming to Northampton this weekend, playing at the Unitarian Society on Sunday as part of the Back Porch Festival. It's going to be awesome. And we'll introduce you to the word nerd, Emily Brewster, our resident wordster, as we take a tour of the Merriam-Webster building right down the street in Springfield. And on Thursday, McGovern'ing with McGovern, a regular Thursday segment with Congressman Jim McGovern. Got a question for the congressman? Email us at the fab for at nepm.org, or you can send us a text, 800-639-9120. Because once again, we live in the future. Musical thanks to Faust, Happy Valley Guitar Orchestra, The Winter Pills, and Dar Williams. Our director and North Adam Snowbird is Tony Dunn. Our engineer is Betsy Cordes. Rest in peace, Betsy's snowblower. I'm Monty Belmonte. I'm Khalees Smith. See you tomorrow in the fabulous 413.